welcome to the Life Support Podcast with your hosts, Michelle Van Dusen and June Colson, a couple of clean comedians here to support each other and others through comedy's wacky and winding roads. They'll talk about highs and lows and some traumatizing shows. So get ready, get set, let's go! Welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast, brought to you by the Hot Breath Comedy Network. I'm your host, June Colson, here with my amazing friend, Michelle, with one L, Van Dusen. Michelle, look at you all Christmassy. Right? I know. I thought this was pretty good. I, um, I At least what's really nice is I don't have um, wrapping paper up. Oh, I take that back. Yes, I do. Is that all <laughs> wrapping paper or is that... Is that uh, cloth behind you with the with the snowflakes on it okay behind me is cloth it's actually a shower curtain that my mother-in-law gave me um like an early gift i'm like oh i'm using that as a background and then i have (laughs) stockings and hats that i hung up there and um yeah and then of course frosty's hat frosty's Uh, hat that is legit frosty's hat with the where'd you get that well, Poor Frosty, um, he's like cold. He didn't have a he hat was, right he now. He was here too. He was here too, but um, the heat is on because it was like 28 oh, this morning. Got it. And he kind of had to run out. Is that what? <laughs> is that what really <laughs> happened, melted. Michelle? <laughs> yeah, or did yeah, you we... kill Frosty for our, our one of our final episodes of 2021 at uh, Laugh Support? We just we just melted Frosty. So yeah, but it's yeah, a good just... backdrop. It's a good backdrop. You. You're looking good. I, as usual, uh, don't have my life together, so I literally just <laughs> ran around grabbing things out of my living room and sticking them in the background in my bedroom. Um, I don't even have a blanket on my bed. Do you see that? It's just a what sheet. happened? Uh, because okay, so so my sweet raider, my little fat puggle, he um, yeah. we had to have surgery yesterday, so he we uh-huh. the the vet had to take his eyeball out, Michelle, like his whole what? eyeball. I know, like like I know his actual his eye- actual the, eyeball. Okay, yeah. did they give him a glass? Like, does he get like a wooden ball or no? A glass but wouldn't ball that be wicked? That ball? would be like what I would happen. <laughs> I wish he did. No, it's the most pitiful thing. So he's he's half pug and half beagle. And so he has those kind of mm. protruding eyes like a pug does. And they mm. have, um, they're kind of notorious for getting eye disease. And so he had disease in one of his eyes and it was really bad. And so the best thing that they could do for him to, you know, kind of get him out of pain and make him comfortable is just to remove it. And so, Aww. yeah, so I've been like, I, I was laying on the bed with the dog and he, and, and Michelle, they're like, what? well, he's out. We'd like to go ahead and, um, and clean his teeth and remove any rotten teeth. And, and Raider oh. has really bad breath. He's old and he has like teeth that were falling out. Michelle, yeah. they took out six of his teeth yesterday. Wait, I'm 16? I know. Okay, how many teeth does he have left? And I know, now would he be considered a real Kentucky dog? That's what I'm could, wondering. Yes, he is. A, yeah, he's a nummy gummy <laughs> Kentucky dog. That's right. That's right. No, I think they have like 40 something adult teeth. And wow. so, yeah, so now he has a cone, but he's too chubby and it's too Aww. big and he can't lift the cone up. And so like, <laughs> so I was laying on the bed with him and just trying to keep him comfortable and his little paws were dirty and you know, whatever. So, um, so this was the best I could do. This is, but it's so sad. It's so it sad. <laughs> yeah, now, he's um, pitiful. Quick question before we get our guest out here. Uh, do you have to pre-chew his food now? No, no. Okay. So I would. 
I would have. There are things I would do for my dog that I wouldn't have done for my children. Okay. I'm just saying <laughs> because they're more loyal. They're kind. They don't complain. I, they're, he's just so sweet. But no, I did get soft, uh, like canned dog food because he couldn't eat till this morning. And then mm-hmm. he can't take the, he's got one of those, you know, the giant cones on his head. And I had to hand feed him wet dog food. <laughs> like, oh. It's so bad. <laughs> so I've had a traumatic morning. Poor Raiders. He's just so confused. He's got his one little eye and this is you know i don't know santa better bring him a really really good gift this year is all i'm saying yeah like like a rawhide bone no (laughs) so mean so mean michelle if i get that if i get like an amazon package with like chewy dog treats for raider i'm i'm gonna deliver them back to you i'm physically walking up and knocking on the door and finally uh, you're gonna visit See, yes, that, that will get me there. Tis the season. Well, listen, okay. Let me just order en- that right enough now. About the, <laughs> enough about the, the cheerful dog stories, because that's what Christmas <laughs> is all about. Just happy, joyful stories of dogs with no eyes and teeth. Um, no, okay, so today we are yes. so lucky because this, this gentleman, he is a busy guy, and he has managed to squeeze us in this morning to, um, to talk about laugh support. So tell us all about who's on the show today, Michelle. Okay, our guest today started doing comedy in 1977. Mm. He's performed thousands of shows in the biggest venues and thousands of shows in the smallest. There's a lot of great preachers and a lot of great comedians out there, but nobody puts the two together like our guest, Gordon Douglas. Mm. So let's welcome to the support, uh, the Laugh Support Podcast. (laughs) Gordon Douglas. Good morning, there Gordon. Good morning, girls. You got me laughing already. Oh I've uh, always heard in show business, never follow children or animals, but a story about a one-eyed dog is really like, all um, I want for Christmas is one good eye. It's yes. Like, it's so sad. And listen, Gordon, so the, the neighbor, he actually walks his kid to the bus every morning. And we live on a ridge, just a giant ridge. And right now it's covered in piles of leaves. And Raider is little bitty. So this morning I have to carry him out. I set him on the ridge. And his little cone, he just falls into like the leaves and the cone is all full. But my neighbors can't see me. I mean, they can't see the dog. They can only see me in my pajamas running through the leaves and trying to catch the dog. And even my husband looked out and he goes, what are you doing out there? And I'm like, I have the dog. I I guess everyone in the neighborhood thought that that I had just lost my mind and I was playing in the leaves in my pajamas at 20 degrees this morning. So kind of of pictured a cone like a volcano with two little dog legs sticking out. (laughs) That's it. That's it. So yeah, he needed, uh, Raider needed a lot of support this morning. And and that's kind of what our podcast is about, Gordon. So good segue. Yeah, look at that. Do you see how I just did that? Okay, so so we're called Laugh Support. And um, as Michelle said, you've been doing comedy since 1977. So obviously there's been a lot of people along the way in your journey in comedy. So we're kind of curious, Gordon, as you began comedy, um, who was one of the first people that that helped you out and was your life support as you started? Sure. Well, yeah, in my book, I, I highlight uh, Julie DeJohn. It, it, many people will not know her name today, but in the Philadelphia area, she was kind of a legend. She and her sister had a singing group. And they had a couple big hits back in the 50s. And she went on to, I believe, Johnny Carson 27 times. And she oh, wow. op- opened for Sinatra and many other of the biggest groups. Long story short is her son ended up on my Little League team. And I went to her for advice on how do you get started in comedy? 
And for two years, I got to tour with a pro to some of the biggest wow. venues in America to see people like Danny Thomas, Joey Bishop, meet some of the big, really big names I had grown up watching. So I got to, I got exposed to that world, but it was the one-on-one -on -one support where mm -hmm. Julie would have me come to her kitchen, go over a five-minute set, tweak a word, tweak a gesture, and just watched her help me get together my first routine. And uh, she told me when I could get 10 good minutes in a row, then I could open for her. And uh, that was what happened in, in 1977 with Bill Haley and the Comets was my first show. Wow. Wow. So your very first show was Bill Haley and the Comets. So I'm going to yeah. guess that it wasn't like my first show that had six people in the audience. I'm guessing no. it was probably closer to 6,000 people. What yeah, was it, that like? Yeah, it was packed at a place called the Nightcap Lounge. One of the members of Bill Haley's Comets had passed away and he left money in his will to entertain other entertainers. He said wow. in his will, I, I spent my whole life entertaining others. When I die, I want to have a party. So my whole audience was filled with some of the biggest and best in the entertainment world. And uh, it was really intimidating with spotlights and an orchestra behind me and a full stage and curtains. Uh, it was an incredible experience. And I had 10 minutes. And uh, oh, my God. So, yeah, there's a whole lot more to that story. But, yeah, I I started at the top. I see God's hand on that. I didn't go through the open mics. There were no open mics then. There were no comedy clubs then. There were wow. two in L.A., two in, L in New York. And that was it. Uh, in the 70s, it, I don't I don't even know how other people got started, but uh, I see God's hand on it now. Wow. So you were a little league coach. You you coach Julie's son and and you just say, hey, I, I'm interested in this. And the next thing you know, you're launched in front of the best of the best in entertainment. Yes. My second show ever was for twenty five hundred people. <laughs> it's like, how do you how do you start with that? And uh, I know one of the, the things that she told me, because she said, give me a tape of your act. Well, I had a little Radio Shack cassette thing of some stories I told about, you know, going to parties when everyone else was making out and I couldn't get a date. I would just tell jokes. That was my way of getting attention. <laughs> and uh, I, she said, come over to the house. She called me and I went over her house. She stood in the doorway. And if you can picture Brent Reed with a wig, that would be Julie. Uh, she, <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> She was a big woman with a big voice. And uh, she handed me my cassette and said, Gordon, this is really cute. And I smiled thinking that was good. And she shook her head and said, Gordon, people don't pay for cute. Mm. Oh, what a, you know, she said, but you've got a gift and I'm going to help you if you want to come over and work. And we spent six months putting together for the first five minutes. Uh, so there was work involved, but it was just me and her in a living room. Oh wow, Michelle! Did you, as you started first writing comedy, did you did you kind of venture into that where it was more cutesy stuff and and less solid material? Uh, yes, and um, I made sure that I brought a wig around because when Brent and Gordon would let me be on their shows, I'm like, Brent, wear this. No, <laughs> I knew there was something familiar. <laughs> You just let him relive the Julie days, yeah. <laughs> like Gordon relive the Julie days with Brent in a wig. You know, I don't know Brent really well, but but I could I could see him wearing a wig. I could totally see him wearing. A wig. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow! So that's oh my gosh! So yeah, uh, a lot of people, you know, when they start out, um, they beg and pray for somebody to be a mentor. And, and, and as you said, God's hand was in it from the beginning for you. Um, so. Now you said she doesn't pay for cute, 
right? Or, you know, that, that people don't pay for cute and, and comedy. Um, was there any other advice that maybe you got from Julia or, or anybody else that to this day you still kind of carry along and, and uh, uh, use in comedy? Oh, it, it was huge. In fact, my first homework assignment was to take that one hour cassette and count the seconds of laughter. We call it LPMs now, right? Last right. per minute. Right. But she said, every joke that's under a three, get rid of. Every joke that's a four or five, you need to get that to a six, seven, or eight. Every 15 seconds, learn. And whether it's through emphasis, through a gesture, through a better setup, you need to constantly hit uh, a big laugh. For and, and honestly, if you're going to get paid for 25, 30 minutes, you need to do that every minute for 25, 30 minutes. And uh, so that was great advice along the journey. Uh, yeah. Fast forward 25 years when I discovered Christian comedy uh, again, the story's too long to tell, but uh, a pastor came to my church that was going to focus on the family, ask if I would join him. When we went there, they introduced me to this little girl named Shonda Pierce back in 1994. Mm. And they said, you two would be fun together. I got to, to do a couple shows at a conference for focus on the family. And, and, um, uh, Shonda and I did a PK event, not Promise Keepers, but Pastor's Kids. Oh, wow. And uh, and the next thing you know, Shonda introduced me to a guy named Justin Fennell, who introduced me to Dennis Swanberg, who introduced me to Mike Williams. And all of a sudden, I found this network of support, of people I could mm. bounce material off of, people who would send me bookings, people who saw potential in me. And amazingly, because I was a pastor at the time, and still am, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, Shonda, I remember Shonda calling me asking for advice. Like, you know, some guy named Garth Brooks called her and wanted her to do a show. Like, Gordon, what should I do? She's asking me whether she should open for Garth Brooks or or go on tour. Wow. So, uh, yeah, she was already funny. She had a great act. But we need that support, somebody to bounce things off of. So, you know, the network that became the CCC, the Christian Comedy Coalition, that eventually evolved and with uh, Shonda and Mike Williams both merging or stuff became the CCA, which was, I was the new kid on the block back in 2001. Uh, I had kind of done comedy on and off, but never pursued it as a career. It was just a hobby. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden with their encouragement, they said, Gordon, this, this could be a real ministry. And, you know, I've been full time uh, since 2007. Wow. Michelle, she called me one time and, um, and she wanted to know if she should open for Chris Gaines. Do you know who that is, Gordon? I do. Is he's the magic guy? Or no, no, the, the uh, he does impersonations, right? No, no, that's no, wrong that's, guy. that's Garth Brooks' alter ego. He doesn't actually oh. exist. Oh, gotcha, so Michelle, gotcha. Yes, Michelle said, "I think I'm going to open for him." And I was like, "Really, Michelle?" And she goes, "Yeah, because he doesn't exist, and neither did the invitation." Uh, oh, but I, I can it. always tell people that I, <laughs> I opened right over my. For the Chris I'm thinking Gaines. of the Vegas. There's a guy in Vegas with a similar name. But... Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but, it. Yeah, but that's in, it. In terms of advice, I mean, one of the early showcases, Justin Fennell came up to me and said, Gordon, if you do a joke and it doesn't work, it shows on your face like, oh, nobody oh, laughed. And he said, mm -hmm. when you get tense, the people will, will get tense. He said, learn to laugh. Just have fun on stage. And I, I have always studied Red Skeleton. He's one of my favorite ah. comedians because I don't know that any entertainer had more fun on stage than Red Skeleton did. For 50, 60 years, he laughed at his own jokes. So uh, the, the, the advice in a nutshell that Justin gave me is, Gordon, people want to laugh. Right. They want to laugh. You, you don't have to make them laugh. And if something doesn't work, they don't even know. Just keep going or just laugh at it and say, this joke was for you. And it just took such pressure off of me. Mm. 
I really do enjoy myself on stage so much more because of what Justin said. Mm. I see that with Michelle. Michelle laughs at her own jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and it is fun to watch Michelle because she is having a good time. So, you know, we've talked about this, what kills a joke and, and those kind of things. Um, we've done an episode on that recently. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and sometimes people will tell you, don't, you know, don't laugh at your own jokes. That's off-putting or whatever. But I think like when Michelle does it, and I'm sure when you do it, Gordon, that, that if it's pure, if it's natural, if you're really having a good time and not forcing it, that it's, you know, it, you can do that. And, and there are a lot of, I think people feel like hard and fast rules and comedy, but it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily always apply to everybody because if it is your personality, don't you think, you know, you can, yeah. you can get away with things that people would say you're not allowed to do. Yeah. Oh, I, I think a great example of that. I was just with last weekend. We did a three day event, uh, three, three nights and three days with three comedians with Paul Aldrich and Robert G. Lee. Mm. And Robert G. Lee has an infectious giggle when yeah. he gets into his thing. And even when he knows what's coming, you can see it on his face and watching him three nights in a row. It was still fresh for me because he truly got excited about this new bit or this new joke, or yeah. I could see the setup coming. And it really raises the whole room up when you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. So, um, so yeah, so we talked about laugh support. I definitely want to make sure that I mention um, that you have been the the chaplain for the CCA yeah. uh, for a long time. And, um, and, and that to me is <laughs> epitomizes being laugh support because we know that, comedy, it can be very difficult. It's, uh, it can be an extremely emotional journey. It can be a physical, you know, exhausting, um, and a lot of times lonely journey. And, you know, I remember the first time I met you at the CCA, one thing that someone said is, have you met Gordon? And I said, yeah. And they said, did he show you his book? <laughs> and and <laughs> you did, me. you showed me, you showed me, yeah. Michelle said, have you seen the book? And you showed me this book. And, and the whole thing was that, when I came into comedy and I went to that conference, I didn't know anybody. I was really trying to kind of just, uh, you know, hide in the corner and not be noticed and feel like I was obedient to God, that I did what he told me to go do. I went to this thing and I was going to disappear. Right. But God kept placing people in my path that that didn't allow me to hide out and that made me feel welcomed. And you were one of those people, Gordon. And I know that you have been that person Michelle, I tell me, tell me about your experience with Gordon and and how and how he's made you feel a part of the family of the CCA. Uh, well, the fact that one that Gordon is the chaplain, I knew that I could go to him with any issues I had, yeah. not just comedy, but just in my in my life. And then what's been really um, the way Gordon has really supported me a lot is he saw a gift in me and he kept encouraging me. And I love the mm. fact how encouraging Gordon is, uh, whether you need uh, scripture, whether you need uh, a, something for your joke, he, he helps you. He's so mm. encouraging. And, and he's, he's given me an opportunity, a lot of stage time with him and Brent and that I've just, I've been able to watch Gordon perform. I've been able to watch how he works on stage, how he's worked with small audiences, how he's worked with, yeah. you know, larger audiences. And I, I get to, I've, I've had a front row seat watching that. And, um, I, I just, I love the fact that he doesn't exclude anyone. He includes right. everyone. And, and I just, I love that. And I loved every time Gordon, that you would do the devotional 
at the conferences. Oh Listen. my gosh, just so so good. And you, it's always an illustration that you can take away with you. You know, you see it, you hear it, and then you physically give us something every time. And I just want to say thank you so much. Yes, I, I love I love object lessons. And on yeah, that devotional for the CCA, I probably work harder on that than anything I do all year, just because mm. I, I know there's 400 or whatever's there that year of people just like me that struggle with self-esteem, that live on people's approval, mm. and some of the things that have taken me up and down in, in bad ways. It shouldn't be that way. And uh, mm. one of my jokes now during COVID is my new congregation is 400 unemployed, bipolar, depressed comedians. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, but how we need each other. We And, and yeah, June mentioned my book. I, I carry this photo album around that really shows the poster for my very first show with Julie DeJohn. Mm. And, and and it's a journey of looking at the people I've got to work with and who had influenced my life and where I am. And I was shocked last year to come home after the CCA conference two years ago now and find Michelle's picture in my book. <laughs> I was cleaning out my suitcase and my book opened and there Michelle had taken three pictures and she put her pictures <laughs> in my book. <laughs> so it's some standard that she's arrived. She's made it into the book. Oh my goodness. So that, uh, I'm going to have to bring a picture of myself to the next, to the next uh, retreat or conference <laughs> or whatever we have and make sure that I, that I sneak yeah. it in there. I feel but, so left out right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. But people have teased me about this little homemade photo album, but for me, it's such a reminder of look at where God has brought me from yeah. and look yeah. at the people I'm connected with. And, and uh, there are guys that were just opening. I, I love giving people stage time. I want to get every show I do. I try to give somebody a chance because where else do you start? Some communities mm -hmm. don't have an open mic. Some don't have clubs. And mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's been a joy for me that people have allowed me to share the stage. I mean, Shonda, I remember Shonda being at one of those Women of Faith events and calling me up. Anita Renfro did it a few years ago. Mm. And it's like, wow, I'm in front of thousands. You know, the church I pastor on a good Sunday, we'll have 30. And, uh, and then I travel and I get to speak at all kinds of groups. But I have learned some of the best ministry takes place in the smaller groups. Mm -hmm. You can talk one-on-one. -on -one, you can interact a lot more. And, uh, and that's really, that would be another little bit of advice. I'm not even sure who, who I picked it up from. Uh, a lot of guys do it. But, you know, I do a lot of fundraising banquets. I call hilarity for charity. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the uh, folks I work with, they'll lock themselves in a green room or stay backstage till they're on. I go out there and greet people mm -hmm. at the door. I go table to table. I want to find out their story. And somehow, some way, if in my act, I can call and, hey, did you meet June over here? Did you know June has a dog? Or did you uh, know Michelle did? And, and all of a sudden, they become part of the show. And uh, yeah, we've become friends before the show. So I don't have to win them over. That was great advice. Mm. Uh, I know Nazareth. Nazareth does a great job with that as well. I've watched him work the room before. Taylor Mason. Uh, it's one third of Taylor Mason's act. He he interacts with people before the show and then he's gathering info so his characters can talk mm. to the people. Uh, it, it's just brilliant. And, and, and it's really the secret I just heard on a documentary about Jack Benny is he surrounded himself with people who were funnier than him because he mm. said the next day mm. they're going to talk about, did you see the Jack Benny show? Not who was funniest. They just he just wanted a good show. Yeah. And for those of us who are threatened when someone gets more laughs than us, or mm -hmm. you know, this guy, no, I, I want to put on the best show I can and be around the funniest people. Mm. 
That's huge wow. too. Cause that, not all comedians do that. Do they, Michelle? Like it, it can be very intimidating. Some, I know I've heard in the past before of people being taken off a tour because they were yep. funnier than the headliner and the headliner no longer wanted them to be on there because it was, you know, it, it, it can be such an ego driven thing, but I love what Michelle said about you, Gordon, is that, um, that people can come to you and talk to you about anything and it doesn't necessarily have to be related to comedy. Now I've never, I've never personally, you know, reached out for, for guidance or counsel, but there is something to be said about just knowing that there's somebody there. Like I, I really do fully believe that there, if there was something that I just needed guidance on that I could call you and being available to people, that's, you know, again, it's, we talk about laugh support. That's, um, that's huge. And a lot of times too, is, you know, people may be struggling on stage because of what they're struggling with behind the stage. So and true. even in that you're helping them to be better at what they do when they can, you know, when they can get a hold of these things, the, the fear and the insecurities and the things that they're not allowing them to be free on stage, you know, and, and I'm sure that there's probably been uh, people in support in your life that you've been able to, to, bring those type of things to as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, biblically supported, I, I quote often, it is not good that man should be alone. Yeah, we quote that in Genesis and we think about marriage, but it is true in life. The church, when Jesus uh, did the Lord's prayer, the first two words are our father, not my father. There's a mm. collectiveness there. Mm. When he sent the disciples out, they went two by two. I could preach on that forever, but I'll tell you uh, what I have found, especially during COVID, is every day uh, for over a year, I call one comedian every day. Uh, and just to say, how you doing? The good news is, as the CCA has grown, uh, we, we've had women take the role as a female chaplain. And I know Michelle has her training now as a chaplain. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of divided geographically. We've tried to, the whole idea is not just find your tribe, but find a group you can connect with. Because we need that. Now, yeah. I have guys that, guys that will call me every week just to check in. And, uh, and others that it might be once a year, but even the biggest names in our CCA, I, I, I've not had one person I've called yet say, you know, Gordon, I don't want to talk. I just mm -hmm. like, hey, I, I just had a few minutes. I just wanted to see how you're doing. Maybe we could pray together. Uh, yeah, what's going on in your life? And that's just, I try to do that once a day, every day. And, and every single person I call from the biggest of the bigs to the guy that's only done three open mics, like, I can't believe you're calling. I can't yeah. believe it. It, 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 the personal touch means so much. And, and I know I need it. I need it as well. And again, uh, yeah, we've mentioned Brent Reed a couple of times. Yeah. We, we talk very regular and uh, yeah, not only he'll bounce a joke off me or an idea or an up and a down in his life or marriage. If you follow his Facebook, that guy is a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but a good news roller coaster. And, and what I love what, when we're doing our little tours every year is I shouldn't say even little tours because we've done some big stuff. Uh, we were just at the Passion Play out, out in Oklahoma, Missouri. Yeah, the Alive and Well oh. Comedy Tour. Michelle's got it. There you go. Michelle has a T-shirt for everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. I every almost every guest that we have on, Gordon, our last guest, I went to high school with, and I put on my high school T-shirt, thinking I was gonna get it this time. I've got the high school T-shirt with you know, and and then we go live, and she is gonna put her high school T-shirt on. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even win. I can't. Uh, mine was win. college. I put my college one on. Uh, so. Oh, now we're going off our brain. Okay. Yeah. But okay. The, the, the neat thing for Brent was that we we argue over who gets to do the closing. 
because mm. we both want to be the guy that draws the net or do stuff. And mm-hmm. it's kind of neat that, you know, we, we recognize, and I think it was Michael Jr. that said it years ago, that comedy is a tool to get to the cross. If, if, I'm, if I'm misquoting, I'm not sure who the source was, but that's a great quote. I'm not there just to get laughs. For me, it's always about ministry. And if a joke is going to ruin, I might get a bigger laugh, but if it if it hurts somebody or closes a door on me bringing the message, there's no joke worth that. And uh, mm-hmm. I have wrestled with that because I really like this joke. Yeah, but you offended somebody. And then if you're at the end, you're going to ask for money or you're going to ask them to put their faith in the Lord. And you've already, you know, you hit them. Uh, so, yeah, that was another big lesson I've learned. Mm. That's a really good lesson right there about um, doing jokes that are going to hurt people. Don't do that. I I love that. I love, you know, that it, and that the, the, your comedy is the way to the cross. I love both of those things, Gordon. I I just, I love everything about you. I got to just put it that Mm. way. You know, you're funny, you're caring, you're loving, you have wisdom, you've learned so much, and you continue to to share with other people and other comedians along the way. Is there Mm -hmm. anyone, um, because I know you have a good relationship with Brent, but is there anyone else that you feel like you've been able to give back to that you've um, poured some of your life into to be a support to them? Uh Gosh, there, there's so many in the CCA. I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure could to give back to. But, but uh, mm-hmm. for me, just one of the joys of, of ministry in general as a pastor is, is seeing people succeed. I think that's the heart of a shepherd. I want to see people succeed. And uh, I remember Claiborne Cox calling me up with that long Southern draw. Uh, Mr. Douglas, I was just on the CCA site. That's a terrible impersonation of Claiborne. But... <laughs> <laughs> but but to, to watch what's happened in his life over five, six, seven years. I mean, Al Smith called me and I watched him do 300 open mics a year for the next year or two. And to see the confidence grow and the material get sharper. And, and then all of a sudden he's doing shows on his own. I mean, that's just a thrill. That's just a thrill. And then, uh, of course, the spiritual fruit is there as well. And I love what you said too about, you know, making the advice of making friends with the audience before you went on, because it really goes along with the offensive being offensive to them too, is that, you know, you've just become their friend, (laughs) right? And that can be very, very personal um, if you go, you know, if you go after them um, after they've, after they've become so, you know, so close to you and uh, you've just, you know, you've given us so many great little tidbits today. Um, as Michelle said, we both, we just have such respect for you and we're so happy that you made the time today. Um, I love that you got the major scene scooted over when we got ready to get started. His head was blocking Jesus and who yeah, can block Jesus? No, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that, you know, there it is. There's an illustration, Gordon, your head gets so big, you block Jesus. Oh, you don't awesome. want that to happen. You don't awesome. want that to happen. Yeah. Over which side am I? Which side am I? Uh, uh, I could never tell on these yeah. things. Those, those little angels, uh, they're, they're, they're uh, keepsakes for my mom after she passed three years ago, the little four mm-hmm. angels that spell Noel. And uh, and then there's things my kids have made me. So one of my themes the last year or so, and it, it's a great way to kind of summarize, is I am really big on the Abraham, Isaac, Jacob thing. We need to reach mm-hmm. three generations. And we're mm-hmm. doing that in the CCA, CCF. There's generations in terms of comedy and there's generations in terms of age. And, uh, you know, it's kind of humbling for me. It's like, when did I become Abraham? I, I'm like one of the <laughs> oldest guys. 
I know I don't look like it, but I'm one of the oldest guys in the group right now. It's like, and, uh, but you I have the most kids. Just yeah, FYI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you knew that, but because of COVID, you know, you can't have groups of more than 10. You have to be 10 or less. So we had to ask six of our kids to leave. <laughs> yeah, like somebody's got to go. Somebody's it's a new joke. Go. It's a new joke. But uh, no. we have, we literally, we're, we we had eight, three moved out about three weeks ago. And that's, this is the smallest we've been having eight kids in the house. And uh, they're locked in another room. So in about five minutes, I got to let them out. <laughs> like, oh yeah. There you go. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up then. We don't want to, we don't want anybody to have to beat the door <laughs> down and come get you, Gordon. But okay. So Michelle was just scrolling. If you'll pop it back up there again, we got Gordon Douglas is funny.com. So that's where you can find Gordon. And then what else, Michelle? There was something else. Oh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and now on MeWe.com. Yeah, people should know about MeWe. It's a new alternative to Facebook where they don't sell any of your information. You can express any opinion. I have been in Facebook jail so many times and blocked so many times. They'll post my funny stuff, but anything about Jesus, anything that uh, I, I'm getting blocked constantly. So I'm looking for new alternatives to Facebook. I'll stay on there because I want to be a light. And I have a lot of friends from high school, college, and my neighborhood that that kind of watch. I don't know what kind of witness I'm having because I don't know how many views I'm getting anymore. But MeWe is kind of brand new. M-E-W-E, MeWe.com. And it's free. Uh, so it's a new alternative. I'm hoping that there's something good that comes as an alternative to Facebook so that we can really have honest dialogues about any subject and you don't get yes. censored. Yes. So, and so if they go on MeWe, they would just look for Gordon Douglas. Is that right? Correct. Yes. There's 20 million subscribers already and it's brand new. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, I just saw a, a Christmas ornament um, recently and it was handcuffs and it had uh, Facebook jail repeat <laughs> offender. And it was a, it was a Christmas <laughs> ornament. And I thought about about 10 people that I could have ordered that uh, oh, that I could have ordered that for. I don't even know what I do sometimes, but uh, even even a scripture verse is getting me bounced. I don't know. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Well, Gordon, we thank you so much. We're definitely, we would never bounce you off of lap support because you, like we said, are, are, you know, you're the epitome of what it means to be supportive to those who are out mm -hmm. there doing comedy, no matter what level they are and um, no matter where they live, you're there for them. And we appreciate that. Listen, guys, if you have enjoyed laugh support, um, you know, go in and give us a like on any of the social media platforms. You can catch this on um, Captivate FM. Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Player FM, and others. You can also watch all of our episodes from the past till now, Gordon. So there's over 20-something episodes at this yeah. point. We're on the Creative Motion Network on Roku TV. So you can see it there or catch us on YouTube. Lots of places to find the Laugh Support Podcast. So that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you again to the amazing Gordon Douglas um, and Michelle Van Dusen. You know what I always say, Jesus and Junebug loves you. Amen. Tell them goodbye, Michelle. Goodbye, Michelle. <laughs> Thanks goodbye. for having me.